0: Chapter three of the Red Window This is a Libravox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Monier of ww.jassemble.com. The Red Window by Fergus Hume. Chapter three The Will. Mr Durham was a smart young lawyer of the new school. The business was an old one and lucrative, but while its present owner was still under thirty, His father died, and he was left solely in charge. Wyseckers prophesied that, unguided by the shrewdness of the old solicitor, Durham, Jr. would lose a greater part, if not all, of his clients. But the young man had an old head on young shoulders. He was clever and hard-worked, and moreover, possessed a great amount of tact. The result was that he not only retained the old clients of the firm, but secured new ones, and under his sway the business was more flourishing than ever also mark durham did not neglect social duties and by his charm of manner backed by undeniable business qualities he managed to pick up many wealthy clients while enjoying himself he always had an eye to the main chance and mingled business judiciously with sober pleasures the office of durham and son the firm still retained the old title although the son alone owned the business was near chancery lane A large antique house which had been the residence of a noble during the reign of the georges the rooms were nobly proportioned the ceilings painted and decorated and attached to the railings which guarded the front of the house could still be seen the extinguishers into which servants held thrust torches in the times they lighted bells and books to splendid chairs. a plate on the front intimated that a famous author had lived and died within the walls so durham and son were housed in a way not unbecoming to the dignity of the farm mr durham's own room overlooked a large square filled with ancient trees and was both well furnished and well lighted into this sir simon and his nephew were ushered and here they were greeted by the young lawyer i hope i see you well sir simon said durham shaking hands he was a smart well dressed handsome young fellow with an up-to-date air and formed a striking contrast to the baronet in his antique garb as the solicitor spoke he cast a side glance at beryl whom he knew slightly and he mentally wondered why the old man had brought him along sir simon had never spoken very well of julius but then he rarely said a good word of any i am as well as can be expected said sir simon grumpily taking his seat near the table which was covered with books and papers and briefs and red tape and all the paraphernalia of legal affairs about that will of mine yes inquired durham sitting with another glance at beryl and still more perplexed as to the baronet's motive for bringing the young man i have had it drawn out in accordance with your instructions it is ready for signing. read it in the presence of Durham indicated Beryl in a puzzled way. "'I can go, uncle, if you wish,' said Julius hastily, and rose. "'Sit down,' commanded the old man. "'You are interested in the will.' "'All the more reason I should not hear it read,' said Julius, still on his feet. Sir Simon shrugged his shoulders and turned his back on his two particular nephew. "'Get the will, Durham, and read it.' It was not the lawyer's business to argue in this especial instance so he speedily summoned a clerk the will was brought carefully engrossed on parchment and Durham rustled the great sheets as he resumed his seat you wish me to read it all he asked hesitatingly sir simon nodded and leaning his chin on the knob of his cane disposed himself to listen beryl could not suppress an uneasy movement which did not escape his uncle's notice and he smiled in a grim way durham without further preamble read the contents of the will clearly and deliberately without as much as a glance in the direction of the person interested this was julius and he grew pale with pleasure as the lawyer proceeded the will provided legacies for old servants but no mention was made of mrs gilroy a fact which beryl noted and secretly wondered at various bequests were made to former friends an arrangement set forth as to the administration of the estate the bulk of the property was left to julius Beryl on condition that he married lucy randolph for whom otherwise no provision was made the name of bernard gore was left out altogether when durham ended he laid down the will with a rather regretful air and discreetly stared at the fire he liked young gore and did not care for the architect therefore he was annoyed that the latter should benefit to the exclusion of the former good said sir simon who had followed the reading with close attention well he asked his nephew beryl stammered i hardly know how to thank you i am not worthy there 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 said the old man tartly we understand all that can you suggest any alteration no uncle the will is perfect what do you think said Gore with a dry chuckle i think said the lawyer his eyes still on the fire that some provision should be made for your grandson he has been taught to consider himself your heir and he has been brought up in that expectation it is hard that at his age he should be thrown on the world for for disobedience said the beryl meekly sir simon chuckled again yes for disobedience you are not aware durham that bernard wants to marry a girl who has no name and no parents and no money the companion of a crabbed old cart called miss plantagenet i know said the young lawyer nodding she is the aunt of lord conniston who told me about the matter i thought lord conniston was in america said julius sharply i saw him before he went to america retorted the solicitor Who did not intend to tell beryl that Conniston had been in his office on the previous day why do you say that do you know him i know that he has a castle near my uncle's place cove castle snapped sir simon all the country knows that but he never comes near the place did you meet lord Conniston at miss plantagenet's julius i have never met him at all rejoined the meek young man stiffly and have been to miss plantagenet's only in the company of bernard aha chuckled sir simon you did not fall in love with that girl no uncle of course i am engaged to miss randolph you can call her lucy to a near relative like myself said the baronet dryly do you know miss malson durham no i have not that pleasure but no doubt bernard has told you about her durham shook his head i have not seen go for months are you sure he inherits a little money from his father and you? Yes, I quite understand. I have charge of that money. God came a few months ago, and I gave him fifty pounds or so. That was after he quarreled with you, Sir Simon. Since then, I have not seen him. Then he does not know that I am in Crimea Square. Not that I know of. Certainly not from me. Is he in town? It was Beryl who answered this bernard has enlisted as an imperial yeoman said he then i think the more of him said durham quickly every man who can should go to the front why don't you go yourself durham if i had not my business to look after i certainly should replied the lawyer but regarding mr goa will you make any provisions for him sir simon i can't say he deserves nothing i leave it to julius should the money come into my possession soon said julius virtuously a thing i do not wish since it, it means your death dear uncle i should certainly allow bernard two hundred a year out of ten thousand put in durham how good of you he deserves no more for his disobedience to his benefactor sir simon chuckled yet again i am quite of julius opinion he declared bernard has behaved shamefully i wanted him to marry a miss perry who is rich why can't you let him marry the woman he loves said aham with some heat they can live on ten thousand a year and be happy what is the use of getting more money than is needed besides from what i hear this miss marson is a charming girl with no name and no position said sir simon a mere paid companion i don't want my grandson to make such a bad match if he does he must take the consequences and he will certainly he will said beryl anxious about the signing of the will he has been hard-hearted for months and shows no signs of giving in since i am to inherit the money i will allow bernard two hundred a year or such sum as a simon thinks fit two hundred is quite enough said the baronet mr dorham we will see now about signing this will can i not persuade you to no you can't persuade me to do anything but what i have done i am sure julius here will make a better use of the money than bernard will won't you julius i hope so replied beryl rising but i trust it will be many a long day before i inherit the money dear uncle make your mind easy said sir simon dryly i intend to live for many a year yet i think I had better go now, observed Julius, rising, won't you stop and see the will signed? No, Uncle, I think it is better as I inherit that I should be out of the room. Who knows but what Bernard might say, Did I remember that I exercised undue influence, not while I am present, said Durham, touching a bell. all the same, I had better go, insisted the young man, Uncle, please yourself, replied Gore. You can go if you like i shall see you on friday when you come for lucy to take her to the curtain theatre yes but i trust i will see you before then uncle and here as a clerk entered the room and was apparently with durham about to witness the will julius departed he chuckled to himself when he was outside thinking of his good luck but at the door his face altered he might change his mind thought beryl there is no reliance to be placed on him i wish he opened and shut his fist but he won't die for a long time while julius was indulging in these thoughts sir simon had taken up the will to glance over it he also requested durham to send the clerk away for a few moments rather surprised the lawyer did so thinking the old man changeable when alone with his legal adviser the baronet walked to the fire and thrust the will into it durham could not forbear an ejaculation of surprise what's that for to punish julius said sir simon placidly returning to his seat as though he had done nothing out of the way he is a mere sneak he told me about bernard being in love with that girl so as to create trouble but you don't approve of that much no i certainly do not and i dare say that when i insisted on bernard marrying miss perry that the truth would have come out all the same it was none of beryl's business to make mischief besides he is a sly creature and if i made the will in his favour who knows but what he might not contrive to get me out of the way now said durham thoughtfully but well pleased for bernard's sake that the will had been destroyed i don't think he has courage to do that besides people don't murder nowadays don't they said sir simon look in the newspapers i mean what do you think julius might do is worthy of a novel i don't fancy novels are true to life anything julius did would be just like a novel i tell you Durham he is a villain of the worst i don't trust him i have led him on to think that the will has been made in his favor and when he learns the truth he will be punished for his greed but sir simon argued the lawyer by letting him think the will is made in his favour you have placed him in the very position which according to you might lead to his attempt to murder i'll take care of myself said the old man somewhat inconsistently for certainly he was acting differently to what he said by the way you have the other will yes it leaves everything to bernard save the legacies which remain much the same of course, in the first will is mentioned an annuity to Mrs. Gilroy. Um, yes, I left her out of the new will. The fact is, I don't trust Mrs. Gilroy. She's too friendly with Julius for my taste. I understood her to be on the side of Bernard. Oh, she's on whatever side suits her, said Sir Simon testily. However, let the first will stand. She's a poor thing and has had a hard life. I have every right to leave her something to live on. Why? Asked Durham bluntly. He found Mrs. Gilroy something of a mystery and did not know what was the bond between her and Sir Simon. Never you mind. I have my reasons. So let things remain as they are. Bernard can marry Miss Marson when I am dead, if he chooses. He thinks he has been disinherited. Yes. I told him so. The truth will come as a pleasant surprise. Won't you take him back into favor and tell him? Asked Durham. No, not at present. If we met, there would only be more trouble. He has a temper inherited from his Italian mother, and I have a temper also. He behaved very rudely to me, and it's just as well he should suffer a little. But I don't want him to go to the war. He must be bought out. I fear Bernard is not the man to be bought out. Oh, I know he is brave enough, and I suppose being bought out at the eleventh hour when war is on is is not heroic. All the same, I don't want him to be shot. You must leave things to chance, said Daham decidedly. There's only one way in which you can make him give up his soldering. What's that? Make friends with him and ask him to wait till you die no 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 said sir simon irritably he must keep away from me for a time after all he is the son of his father and but as walter was i loved him for his mother's sake as for the italian woman mrs goa she is dead i know she is but her brother giuseppe is alive and a scoundrel he is the other day he came to the hall and tried to force his way into the house. A gambler, a rogue, Durham, that's what Giuseppe is. What is his other name? Tolomeo. he comes from Siena. I understood, Mrs. Goa, your son's wife came from Florence. So, she said, she declared she was the member of a decayed Florentine family, but afterwards I learned from Giuseppe that the Tolomeo nobles are Sienese, and a bad lot they are. He is a musician, I believe, a plausible scamp. I hope he has not got hold of Bernard. Bernard is his nephew. I know that snapped the old man, all the same, the uncle is sadly in want of money and would exercise an undue influence over Bernard. I don't think Goa is a man to be controlled, said Durham sagely. You don't know he is young after all, but you know by the will i have put it out of bernard's power to assist tolomeo if he gives him as much as a shilling the man is lost to him and goes to lucy that is rather a hard provision said daham after a pause i do it for the boy's good replied rising. but i must get home now by the way about that lease and the two began to talk of matters connected with the estate Sir Simon, after this, refused to discuss his erring grandson, but Durham, who was friendly to Bernard, insisted on recurring to the forbidden subject. However, it was just when the old man was going that he reverted to the bond of contention. I wish you would let me tell Bernard that you are well disposed toward him. Oh, you plead for the scamp, said Sir Simon angrily. Well, I was at Eden with him, you know, and we are great friends. If he is an imperial yeoman, there will be no difficulty in seeing him. Leave martyrs as they are. I have ascertained that he won't go to the war for six weeks. Julius found that out for me. So wait till he is on the eve of sailing. Then we'll see. If nothing else will keep him at home, I'll make it up. But I think a little hardship will do him good. He behaved very badly bernard is naturally hot-tempered so am i therefore let us keep apart for a time who knows what would happen did we meet no Durham. let bernard think that i am still angry if lucy sets a lamp in the red window that's a different thing i shan't interfere with our romance the red window what's that a silly legend of the gore family of which you know nothing i have no time to repeat rubbish i'll come and see you again about that list durham meanwhile should bernard be hard up help him out of your own pocket i'll make it up to you he wouldn't accept arms. besides he has enough to go on with i have two hundred of his money in hand then i have nothing more to say i'm sorry the fellow isn't starving his conduct to me was shameful and sir simon went grumbling home all the same i'll see bernard thought durham returning to his office End of chapter 3, recording by Joseph Musembi Muani of www.josembi.com in Vicenza, Italy.